1: Hello and welcome to Friends with Friends. My name's Pete Allison, and this uh, is Dave Cribb. Hi, hi, cómo What's going on? Um, did you deliberately do Spanish there? Because. There's a bit of Spanish in this episode of France.
2: No, because that was Italian that I was speaking.
1: Oh, sorry. Oh, it's Uh, Como Estas in Spanish. It would
2: have been better if I had done Spanish. I've actually just been booking flights to Italy, Pete.
1: Oh, Uh, when are you going to Italy? June for a wedding. Uh, Where in Italy? Umbria. Where's that?
2: It's the Cumbria of Italy. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Uh, uh, it's basically right in the middle, not far from Rome, is where the wedding is.
1: Oh, I say that because I'm going
2: to Italy in in May. Uh, oh, yeah, where are you going? Tuscany. Tuscany, lovely. Not um, for a wedding that though. borders Umbria, I believe. Does it? Yeah.
1: Oh well, it's nice to know we'll be holidaying nearby, but not at the same time.
2: Bordering regions and bordering months. Mm,
1: and boring listeners with this chat.
2: Boring listeners. Uh, yes. Well, maybe we could put on um, an Italian live show, but we're there at different times. So it doesn't... Okay.
1: So, on this week's uh, Friends with Friends correspondence, which is uh, a bonus weekly episode of this shite that you get uh, on Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com, Patreon.com forward, forward slash Friends Pod. Friends Pod. Yeah. Um, we were talking about the uh, logistical nightmare that would be. A friends with friends live show abroad, European tour. Pete, that's what the idea is. It <laughs> was bulk. It ended up being based on tour. our listener numbers. Yeah. It ended up being a Balkan tour, didn't it?
2: No, I think we could do a decent whack of Scandinavia as well. To be honest. Okay. Uh, Scandi Balkan. The Scandi Balk 2024 tour. <laughs> yeah. Here's my pitch, Great. right? Let me let me bring this to the masses. Okay. Uh, okay. We have a not insignificant number of listeners in a decent amount of European countries. That's how I'll phrase it. But if we were to do live shows in Europe, we would basically need around 50% of the listeners in each country. Yeah, we'd really need people to come. To come to the show, right? So my pitch is we do some sort of Kickstarter, you know, crowdfunding thing, where you buy your ticket for the tour that doesn't exist yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like a scam, like a scam. No, we'll oh it. no we
1: promise we'll come we promise yeah yeah just give us give us money and yeah we'll do a show yeah of course
2: it'll no, be one of those websites where if we don't do the thing you don't you get your money back you know but once we hit say a 100 sales in finland we'll then be like cool we'll book a finish date and i do see yeah. the issue that is like we kind of have to then choose a date and not everyone might be able to go on that date.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> what if what if the people who've pledged to fund this
2: uh, or oh. contribute to this and then not able to go? It's tricky, isn't it, Pete? I don't I can't think of a good system off the top of my head. Unless we right. plan a European tour with literally the dates. So we're like, if you can come to a show in Helsinki on June the 25th <laughs> buy a ticket now and if we get enough sales we will then find a venue and book a show on June the 25th
1: but do you know what if we did that for example June the 25th based on our organisation you'd message me like or vice versa like a week before and be like oh mate we've got to go to
2: finland next week yeah. <laughs> and June the 25th i can't actually do mate it's my dad's birthday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great, perfect. So we'll have to think. We'll have to think of another date for for Finland. Right. Um,
1: um Well, something to for guys the Scandi Balkan friends with friends uh, hypothetical tour of twenty
2: twenty four. You know, we've got quite a decent listenership in Jamaica. I could do that.
1: I think we need a bit more money,
2: though, wouldn't we? Because that's further. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We could combine it and do a show to our single listener in Nicaragua while we're in in that sort of part of the world. Then we can Skype them. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we are leaning more towards a giant Zoom wall show like of, off of COVID, yeah. remember? Yeah, yeah. When, when TV shows Well, that isn't people.
1: what we did during COVID though, was it? No, no, more like
2: real companies <laughs> Propped our phone up on a fucking coffee table and did a quiz. <laughs> hey, that was enough of the time, all right? It was. It was, it was a simpler time. Uh, should we talk about friends, Peter? Yeah, all right. Would you like me to read for you, for example, a request from Caitlin? I'd very much like that, yeah. Hello, with four O's. To start with, thank you for friends with friends. It's a necessity to get me through my day.
1: So I say thank, thank you, for you for the, the podcast, friends
2: the friends. shit oh, you're chatting, yeah. thanks for all the things you're... It's Abbott
1: who are from Sweden, who, which we will be visiting on the Scandi-Balkan <laughs> Friends for Friends tour.
2: I was listening to the one with two parts yesterday. Uh, yes, listening, I found all the episodes as audio only on Spotify, so when you can't watch it, but... Oh, I see. So listening to the... I thought you meant our episode. Uh, oh, no, no,
1: you can listen to Friends episodes. You can to friends on
2: Spotify. That sounds like it's not legal. That's wild. Well, Spotify is legal, isn't it? I mean, morally, it is, morally yes. tricky, but legal. Anyway, so when you want to watch it, but you can't, such as when you're in the shower, you can listen to the audio. I recommend it. That's wild, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we can modern technology these days. I, I mean, you could also just put friends on a laptop and then not watch it. I agree,
2: but it. I think there's something about... I think A lot of people fall asleep to friends, right? And I'm, they can't really be watching much of it. So this is probably a good solution for people that want to effectively fall asleep to friends but not have, like, the lights blaring, you know? Sure. I might try that. Um, I'm requesting, therefore, the one with two parts, part one. Now, Caitlin, interested to know, please get back in touch. Did you request the one with two parts... Part one because you know we've already done part two, or do you only specifically like part one?
1: No, no, she did she I that I do have that information. Okay. It's because she saw that we hadn't done part one. Got ya. Fine. So she helped us out by Lovely. helping us complete it. At least Isn't it mental that someone requested part two, by the way? Absolutely insane. That was someone called George, George. who did it back in series five.
2: Absolute madness, but I absolutely approve your very specific taste that that strikes to me as a man, George, who knows exactly what he likes. He likes the episode, but only part two, you know. It was uh
1: series five of Friends of Friends episode 18, if you wish Crikey, to, that's uh, five, just that's back that's to five seasons
2: it. ago, Pete. The life we that was during COVID, mate. No one was alive then. Mm. Christ, uh, Lisa Kudrow is amazing with the first appearance of Ursula. Apparently, she got nominated for her first Emmy for this. I mean, frankly, she works. Bloody hard. She does.
1: <laughs> she twice as all, hard scenes, as all the other friends.
2: Basically, yeah. Plus the one with the monkey. Yes, that's her. Any nomination was combined, yes. I also really enjoy Nina for some reason. Great character. Could have taken more of her. And the crossover with Mad About You for the character of Ursula is fun. Didn't realise that the two women who walk into Central Perk are also playing the characters from Mad About You. Very clever. It is. It's actually, looking back, I mean, I've never watched a single episode of Mad About You. But the lengths of the crossover is quite wild when you think about it isn't it
1: well the Ursula Mad About You thing went way over my head until Caitlin's message
2: oh really so yeah so the background uh... for anyone that doesn't isn't aware is that Lisa Kudrow was already in a show called Mad About You playing a character called Ursula who was a, a sort of inept waitress in a restaurant called Riffs so all of those things are from a different tv show it's literally like I'm trying to think of a modern equivalent Pete think name two shows Emmerdale and Coronation Street. And Emmerdale and Coronation Street. And then in Emmerdale, like they go to the Rovers return and they see Vera Duckworth. I haven't watched it for a while. Uh and then <laughs> you've watched it for about twenty years. <laughs> right? yeah. They see Vera in the Rovers in an episode of Emmerdale, and then they go back to where's Emmerdale set? Yorkshire, obviously, but what's Yorkshire? the Yorkshire just outside of Leeds. What's the farm? Emmerdale Farm, that's Emmerdale Emmerdale Farm, mate. Yeah. <laughs> And then Vera Duckworth pops up in Emmerdale Farm. That's It's like that, isn't it? With a full thing. And then, not only does Vera Duckworth pop over, but later in the episode, Jack Duckworth and uh, Curly Watts also pop up. <laughs> um, and they go shopping in a fresh ways. And they go shopping in a fresh ways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, whilst we're on the subject of the two women that walk in the Central Perk, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt's one of them.
1: Yeah, I I did recognise her, but I obviously didn't recognise her mate. I mean, no, no. I mean, I don't
2: actually I haven't even looked up what a mate.
1: I did look her up, and it was like best known for
2: such and such on Friends, and I was like, right, ah, well, oh, that's is sad, isn't it? But I mean, barely. Helen Hunt's an actual Oscar winner. Yeah, like that is, is that for what women want? Good cameo, Helen Hunt. It can't have been uh, what women want, can it? She has
1: received an Academy as good award. as it
2: gets, Pete.
1: She got three Golden Globes just for Mad About You.
2: Yeah. Mate, um, Helen Hunt is... That's a big cameo. I know it was when she wasn't as famous as what she is now. Um, but there, there you go. go. I haven't seen Helen Hunt's Oscar-winning performance in as good as it gets, frankly, because um, Maybe, I yeah. don't watch films.
1: Oh, I remember this about you. Yeah.
2: So it's unlikely. Helen Hunt, Greg Kinnear, Jack Nicholson, Cuba Gooding Jr. I mean, it's a good cast, frankly.
1: Um, Helen well done to her.
2: Yeah, uh, There you go. Anyway, in her pre-Oscar days, there she is in Central Perk. Anyway, so yeah, the crossover is um, is is like quite extensive, and I think it was to do with all Lisa Kudrow's sort of contractual obligations and moving between the shows and trying to establish... I mean, they didn't really have to establish that, like, oh, it'd be weird if the same actress played two characters that lived in New York in the same sort of period, you know, as if viewers would be baffled by it. Um, But that's what they went for. Well, I like it. I like it. So, would you like a synopsis, Peter, is the next question I have for you? Because we've we've sort of covered the... Actually, I'm talking about the crossover with Mad About You. There was also a blackout in Mad About You, the same night as there was... Oh, I remember that. They did a weird night, didn't they? Yeah. We've talked about that before. Yeah, the crossover on NBC where I think I think maybe Seinfeld as well had a blackout. But there was like three or four shows that night and there was a blackout was the sort of main storyline in each of them. And um and it sort of sort of fed into the idea that all these shows were existing in the same New York, which again, I quite like. I quite like that weird shit. And it's like the amount of admin they must have had to to sort to make all that work is frankly quite impressive isn't it yeah it is okay Peter season 1 episode 16 the one with two parts part 1 directed by Michael Lambeck oh I haven't heard from Lembus for a while have we uh, I think you'll enjoy this 456665 six, 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 yeah, that's nice. Well, that's got good number six that. in the middle of it. So really it, good, devilly one. Um, Joey falls for Phoebe's identical twin sister Ursula, making Phoebe feel neglected. Meanwhile, Chandler finds himself between a rock and a hard place when he has to fire an employee he is attracted to. When you put it like that, just do your fucking job, Chandler. <laughs> Yeah, that that is poor management. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ross has doubts about parenthood when he attends a Lamar's class with Carol and Susan. Meanwhile, Monica is unable to fix her TV after Marcel puts it on Spanish. And after weeks, is that considered a whole? I know that is a scene, isn't it? At best. Um, And after weeks of procrastinating, Rachel finally takes down the Christmas lights on the balcony, only to fall off and sprain her ankle. Um. Well, we don't know well, that. That's do the
1: post-credits yeah? scene.
2: Yeah. yeah, we don't know that. Yeah, and that's literally a tick over, and then it's into George Clooney time, You know, so this actually the one with two parts has Helen Hunt and George Clooney in the two parts. Yeah, big names. That's quite impressive, isn't it? Okay, right. Where do you want to start, then, Peter? You have Ross's Lamar's classes, Ursula, or Chandler and Nina bookbinder.
0: Uh,
2: Chandler? Chandler, all right. Yeah, let's start with Chandler. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, a lot of Chandler's behavior in this storyline is either unprofessional or, frankly, morally questionable. Uh, yeah,
1: I mean, the main takeaway from this storyline, for me, is... So he makes out that that, that she's sort of mentally ill, right? Yeah, which is always a great star for a lighthearted hearted sitcom, eh? Well, exactly. But then this ends up with Chandler's hand bandaged because
2: <laughs> Nina has, like, aggressively stapled him in anger. I would say it's unfortunate for poor Nina, who, as far as we are aware, isn't mentally unstable. It's unfortunate for her, optics-wise, <laughs> that this whole thing resolves. That she ends up stamp- uh, stapling <laughs> With, someone, yeah. Uh, so so the, the office goss is now going to be, oh yeah, she really was quite unwell. She stapled her boss's hand to his desk.
1: I mean, that is very violent. Very violent. That's like GBH, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's, and that's skin, skin puncturing and Chandler's bandage seemed to indicate well, that's not a single staple, is it? No. Um, but let's rewind all the way back So Chandler fancies a woman and he's supposed to fire this woman and he doesn't. And he seems so proud of his solution, which is to, you know, when he's explaining it to his boss and he's like, he really feels like he's nailed it. You know, he feels like he's really explained away the fact that he hasn't fired this woman without contemplating the fact that this is all going to come crashing down horribly very soon, one way or another, isn't it?
1: Well, there's just no way that he can... Yeah, there's no positive solution for all concerned, is there?
2: There's no way this is just going to be swept under the carpet, is there, and just gone, oh, well, lol, I guess she's still got a job there. Fine, all the best. Yeah. Um, In fairness to Chandler, she is a shameless flirt too. She starts it off, really, with the weenus, doesn't she?
1: So the way that that it's spelt out, it's W-E-N-U-S, right? That is not how you would say that word. How would you say it? Wenus.
2: Wenus. Most mm, fun, is it?
1: We, like, There's. where does the, oh, no, I suppose we, W-E. Yeah, yeah we. I, we, I, I don't have Venus. a problem with
2: weenus. There is some <laughs> weenus clarification that needs to be made, though, because in the previous episode, Chandler says it stands for weekly. Oh, the fuck is the acronym now? Anyway, the S at the end stands for. Well, also,
1: looking at the word, it also looks like menus, which, so it would be when news.
2: When news, yeah, I can see that more. Weekly Estimated Net Usage Systems, he says in the previous episode. And in this episode, he says statistics. So he hasn't even got the acronym down, you know? But then Mr. Douglas does say ANUS is the annual net usage statistics. So I think we can sort of concur canonically that statistics probably makes more sense, right?
1: Okay, fair.
2: That's how I'm coming down on it. And I think I actually did a quiz question recently about it and...
1: That's how you're coming down on the weenus. That's how I'm
2: coming down on your weenus, Pete. Right. Nothing you can do about it. Um. Anyway, so we've, I'm glad we've, we've ironed out the weenus confusion. Oh, um, I, don't, I don't iron out your weenus. <laughs> no, never iron out your weenus or your weenus, frankly. Um, <laughs> Ch- <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what Chandler isn't there. It is not doing is much for the impression that he doesn't really do anything at work, because all we see him do in this episode is either... Fucking around with a game. Or, like, shamelessly going against his boss's orders and not doing the one thing he's been actually tasked to do as a professional line manager.
1: Well, he's he seems to be quite important. Like, he's got a very big office of his own and responsibilities for the staff, so he's obviously quite important.
2: Well, this is after, remember, he quits his job and then he gets offered it back with a big raise in his own office and all that sort oh, of stuff. Oh, yeah, of course. So he does have the cube now. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, like... I I, I couldn't help but think when we got like the outside shots of that giant skyscraper in Manhattan and the size of Chandler's office. Like his level of management must be pretty impressive actually to have that much sort of real estate in your office um, and that much of a sort of say over a team, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: But still doesn't fucking do anything and he manages to get away with all of this. I mean, frankly, at this stage, Chandler should be the one that's fired, right?
1: Uh, Well, he's been very irresponsible as a manager
2: of personnel. How is he explaining this away to Mr. Douglas afterwards when he finally fires her? Well, he's basically
1: saying that I want to make sure that when I fire her, she's of sounder mind, right? That's his kind of plan. And then when he does fire her, she staples his hand.
2: Yeah, and then he's going to go to the next meeting with... Mr. Douglas the next day with a bandaged up hand. So yeah. annoyingly, he gets away with it completely, probably, because Mr. Douglas will also be like... Because his reasoning ends up looking legit, yeah, not it? Yeah, you took one for the team type thing, you know? You've put yourself yeah. in uh, in harm's way for the company. You're a real company man, Bing. That's what Mr. Douglas would say.
1: Yeah, give him a promotion in a bigger office. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Also, I don't think it's very cool, uh, but very, not very cool, I mean, absolutely unacceptable, that someone presumably chandler has been telling the whole team that nina's
1: oh spreading it yeah you know,
2: like telling your boss who i think oh, we don't know much about mr douglas but he seems like a professional kind of guy right and like 1994 for a boss to take on board potential mental health issues in the way that he does i think is admirable you know Sure, he just goes, Yeah, I mean, like, you never know what's going on. I think he's a good egg, Mr. Douglas. I don't think he's now going around telling the whole team, Oh, by the way, that Nina girl, she's mad, you know. So, that must be you Chandler. Mr. Douglas need to get a room. Like <laughs> maybe I'm revising my favorite ever character in Friends. Maybe it's not Jack Geller, maybe it's Mr. Douglas.
1: Yeah, maybe.
2: Um, but yeah, but I think T- Chandler must clearly have been trying to cover his own back by telling everybody else that Nina's got these mental health problems that are affecting her daily uh a daily work productivity or work situation or whatever it is to the point where people are hiding sharp objects from her
1: well let's hope that whatever ended up happening to her she ends up in a work environment where uh she is respected uh and she doesn't staple anyone's exactly
2: and that's all we want for nina Should we talk about Ross, Carol, Susan, Marcel and the plastic baby Ross steps on the head of?
1: I did have a, yes, I, I did have a, a moment while watching this episode thinking like, I know this is a basic think, comment to make, but isn't it mad that Ross has a pet monkey? Yeah,
2: I know. Just and like, that
1: they're all just like, yeah, bring your monkey over. Mate. We
2: forget because we're so used to friends. You sort of think, oh, Marcel the monkey. That's just a character in yeah. Friends, isn't it? No, nah, it's not. It's fucking nuts. Imagine I turn Marcel up to your house with a monkey. played by a monkey called Katie, by the way. Yes, Katie, yeah. Um, like that, that monkey's got range, Pete. No, absolutely. They're got wonderful range for a monkey. Wonderful range for a monkey. Imagine i turn up to your house with a monkey. Well, I'd think
1: that you'd, you were not well and that I should hide my staples, staples
2: Exactly, get him out of the way, right? And then fire me from the podcast. Yeah. Go around whispering to all the other podcasters. Yeah. Get them to hide my editing scissors
1: um i it wouldn't no, you're the sort of no would i no i don't think you would surprise me by telling me you got a pet
2: monkey no i do want like i saw i keep seeing these like viral things of like someone that rescued a baby kangaroo and then like nurtured it i'm like i would take on a, in this country uh, no i presume it'd be in australia or one of the sort of kangaroo countries yeah um, where, where else are kangaroos found these days
1: you get some wallabies in this country, don't you? Do you? Yeah. There are some wild wallabies in the UK. Are they
2: imported though? Are they native, to, <laughs> native uh, to here? Well I think they probably were imported and then someone let them. Hopped on the ship with the crates of Fosters. Yeah <laughs> exactly. Um but yeah, I would enjoy I' I, I oft, oft said I would enjoy having a pet pig. I could see you with a pet pig. Yeah. I'd enjoy a pig. Uh, um, I'll keep yeah, my dog for now. I'll stick with the dog.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
2: Um, Anyway, Ross doesn't deal with a lot of the situation very well. We're basically working towards a bit of a Ross realization moment where he's going to be a father. He doesn't think he knows how to deal with it. Oh my God, it's going to be terrible. It leads to, I think, my favorite line of the episode from Chandler, which is, uh, you know, Ross, some people are saying these days that monkeys and babies are actually different, Uh, which is a very, very good line. Very funny, very peak Chandler. Um, But in the run up to Ross's sort of realization, I'd say he's just making this entire Carol and Susan situation as awkward and weird and uncomfortable as it could be for everyone, isn't he?
1: I, I guess the one thing about this is that it does feel and we've said this before about uh Susan and, and complete Carol 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 yeah <laughs> just I was completely blanking on her name. <laughs> it it does feel like very far ahead of its its time in terms of representation yep. like uniquely so yep. and probably like even still today there aren't as like high profile examples of Susan and Carol and what they experience as a couple. No, like, probably not actually, no. What like there is no bigger example of it still, is there?
2: Uh, oh, no, probably not. I mean, I don't know. This is this is the point where I'm sure everyone's gonna scream loads of examples as now that we've missed. But it's still right up there, isn't there it?
1: There are others, but I mean like yeah. if you would if you were to say to someone, name a lesbian couple that have a child on telly, yeah. they'd still say Susan and
2: Carol. Right, yeah, yeah. It's like, who's the first ones that you think of, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
2: yeah, no, so true. And, like, I don't think they make it easy for Ross. I think they're partially to blame for his un- for his discomfort, you know? They they do seem to very much um, default to this is now our baby and we're going to do this together. I think Carol could have handled it a bit better. Yeah. But, like, Susan, I- come on, we've got to remember Ross is involved in this. And there
1: is that moment, isn't there, where where Ross sort of zones out when somebody mentions the fact that, like, oh, I think it's Susan saying to Carl, like, she's reassuring Carl, and she's like, oh, soon we're going to have this child, it will be amazing. And Ross zones out a bit. And in that moment, like, he does look incredibly isolated. Yes. Like, because they're sort of sharing in it between them, and he is, well, third wheeling. Well, yeah. And... Yeah, he's yeah, going to have to discover yeah, all this sort to be of. Sympathetic
2: he's going to have to discover all this parenting on his own, isn't he? In a way that they don't have to; they've got the support of each other. So, yeah. But I also just think he, he, he still hasn't come to terms with, for example, just using terminology of like Carol or Susan's partner or anything like that. You know, he yeah. still has to mumble around it like a schoolboy that doesn't understand that lesbians exist.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true.
2: Um, I do enjoy the bit where he walks into the class and steps on a baby. There's, like, there's a lot of very funny physical <laughs> Ross bits. And like, that's just for some reason that really tickles me. And the look. And oh, well, does he look to camera? Or is it just happened to be where the camera is when he's imagining his vagina opening like a flower? Yeah, and
1: I do also like when he tells uh, Susan to go long and holds the plastic <laughs> baby like a American football.
2: Yeah, and he's had a dream previously, hasn't he, about his child being a football? Yeah. So uh, that all that all tracks, or maybe it's just after I can't remember. No, it must be before. So yeah, so we're getting to the business end of of, of Ben Ben on his way, aren't we? Really, and and Ross. Yeah, actually, to be fair, putting myself in Ross's position now, I think I'd be absolutely shitting myself if you had to be the isolated third parent that was sort of just guessing how to be a father on his own.
1: Oh yes, a difficult time for young Ross.
2: A difficult time for young Ross. Maybe we can forgive some of his behaviours, Peter, as a result. Don't go that far.
1: Don't go that far.
2: Right, Ursula, eh? Ursula. Yeah. First, first um, appearance of Ursula.
1: I think it's just a rare uh, bad look on Joey at the fact that um, it doesn't occur with Joey to check with Phoebe about Ursula until Chandler suggests
2: it. Yeah, I think, strangely for Joey, and he hasn't, it's very early in the season, this. So they haven't developed this trope that Joey's actually a very caring and thoughtful friend most of the time. You know, he's, of the whole six, I think by the middle of the seasons, Joey would always be the one to check whether this was okay with somebody and worried that it was going to upset somebody else, you know? But at this stage, they haven't reached that point in his sort of character development, and he is almost entirely to blame for this, I reckon.
1: Yeah, that's because true. Because even
2: when Phoebe says, I guess it'll be okay, it's very clear to everybody in that room that she doesn't mean that, but she can't say no because, you know, she'd feel bad.
1: And any good friend I think in that situation unless it was like a resounding oh no of course you can date her I don't mind at all and you genuinely felt like there wasn't an issue there you'd play it safe
2: wouldn't you yeah you're right and the fact he hasn't thought to ask her means that he doesn't actually value her opinion on it and when she just gives him any sort of inkling of an open door he runs through it doesn't he Yeah, but it is also so early on in the series of friends that it's plausible to Chandler and Joey that that woman actually is Phoebe when they see her at Riffs. Like, they don't actually know each other that well at this point, you know? Like, later yeah. on, I think, if they'd have encountered Ursula, they'd have been like, that looks incredibly like Phoebe, but because she's one of our best friends, I know that it isn't Phoebe. So maybe we're giving Joey a little bit of a a hard time, because maybe they're not actually close enough yet for this to be to be a thing. But I still think that it's, it's clear that Joey shouldn't be dating Ursula. And also... Even if you take away the strange dynamic, Ursula's clearly a prick from the get-go, right?
1: Well, yes, yeah, she's just. Uh, well, Joey keeps going on about how like hot she is and how like uh, sort of naturally and inherently irresistible and attractive yeah. she is, and you just get none of that because she's just quite
2: rude. Well, this is the problem, isn't it, Pete? And this happens both ways uh, in life that people seem to be often attracted wow. to mean people. And the only difference yeah, between true. Phoebe and Ursula, ostensibly, is that Ursula's the fucking dick. And that's what's yeah. attracting Joey, presumably? Phoebe's too nice. But they've got the same fucking face, haven't they? <laughs>
1: they quite literally have the same face.
2: So like that can only be the thing, the personality, because there's no other discernible differences. Therefore, come on, Joey, you're better than this. Set so up for a nice person, all right? Not a meanie that treats you like... Oh, I guess, actually, she doesn't treat him terribly. She gives him loads of loads of plates of fries. Uh, yeah. well, chips, <laughs> it's chips and sex. <laughs> chips and sex. Oh, well, actually,
1: no, that doesn't sound
2: too bad. No, do you know what? I'm coming around to Joey's way of thinking
1: um, I, I, You know when Phoebe asks Joey whether they've had sex yeah. yet? That feels like a question that she doesn't really want the answer to.
2: Yeah, no, no good comes from that conversation, and she's lucky that they haven't. Yeah, because if they had awful conversation, that right?
1: Is it? I can't remember part two. Is it when she opens the door to Ursula at uh, the end? Have they like done the the sex then?
2: uh Oh yeah, 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 yeah! I'm mean, just coming out in her night gown, night <laughs> Maybe that's what she wears to make chips in her nightwear. Oh yeah, mate. What well, you think? She's just working in Joey's apartment.
1: Yeah, we've not we've
2: not had sex. I was <laughs> using the deep fryer, getting him another tuna sandwich and chips.
1: Yeah, chip pan. That's what chip I was pan. thinking. Chip pan. Remember <laughs> chip
2: pan? Chip pans were very nineties, weren't they?
1: Yeah, do you remember the Come Outside episode where Auntie Mabel sets fire to a kitchen? And what'd you
2: do, Pete, if you use the chip pan fire?
1: Fucking run! Get your plane! No, Get in a plane no. with what your dog! Did you
2: do? Come on! This is like basic school safety when we were kids.
1: Throw her a. Uh thing over teetal it. towel
2: over it. Yeah. towel. Damn tea. Don't pour water on it, Peter.
1: Uh for anyone who isn't aware of what Come Outside was, Come Outside was a kids' TV programme where a woman called Aunt Mabel, she wasn't anyone's <laughs> biological. <laughs> aunt. Well, she might have been someone's. Uh, she had a spotty plane and she used to take uh a dog out. On the haven't sold
2: it that well, I'll be honest, mate. <laughs> what was
1: the dog called? I don't know. Oh, yes, you do. Well, you I reckon don't. come outside
2: British television series. British dog? Pippin! Pippin. Oh, yeah, I should remember that to be fair. Yeah. Auntie Mabel, Linda Barron. Do you want to play a game called Is Auntie Mabel Dead or Alive? <laughs>
1: Yes. Uh I reckon Linda Barron's still on. No?
2: Is she not? Linda Barron sadly passed away but two years ago. Right. Uh on my birthday. Well that's sad, isn't it? That is sad. She passed away on the fifth of March, twenty twenty two. On my thirty fifth birthday, thirty sixth birthday. Oh Christ, I'm old. Um, oh, she was born in Ermston. Near where you're from. Right. Wow. Crikey. What me and Auntie Mabel don't have in common at this stage. Both got dogs. One was born on, one died on the same day. Same basic you place. You are still very much alive. I am very much alive, but we got a lot in common, mate. Got a lot yeah. in common. Oh, she was in Follies as well in 1987. It's a Stephen musical, Pete. Oh, uh, right. Just more of our shared interests, you know? When are we getting to your big thought? Oh, soon. Don't worry, soon. Okay. It's not really don't don't big it up. Don't big big thought it up. You know.
1: Well, it's very much bigged up by the fact it's called your big thought. I know, but that's just been for context. Last week, Dave said that he had a big thought about the episode, so now there's a regular feature, which
2: I'd say is still in um, pilot stage. Pilot stage, absolutely. This is the beta phase of Dave's big thought, but I'll try and have some. Much like Aunt Mabel on her plane (laughs)
1: with Pippin, it's still in pilot pilot stage. stage.
2: Very good. Very good. Um, Talking of Helen Hunt and Helen Hunt's mate, (laughs) which we weren't, but we did about half an hour ago.
1: Helen Hunt, who played the... uh, uh, are Mabel in the American version of genocide, <laughs> uh,
2: not real. Um, they go into Central Perk and they see Ursula, right? So far, in their head, they see Phoebe, but they think they see Ursula. So far, fine. And with them, they're like, Oh, god, here she is. But how fucking rude is it that they just order from her? They know she works in riffs. Perchance, could she just be having a coffee in a different place? Oh, yeah. Like, Even though she's in a different location, they demand an they order demand from her. They demand to all, like, we know what we want. We want this and this. And like, I know there's a bit of the funny where he was like confused and doesn't know what's happening. But ultimately, yeah. they've just assumed, well, this woman does not exist apart from to serve us. <laughs> yeah. No matter where we are, we can only assume she's working as as a waitress. And I feel that is rude. And the only final bit of this plot line that I enjoyed was uh, watching Rachel and Chandler helping Monica to knit whilst dealing with the sort of frosty rift between Joey and Phoebe. I answered to Mr. Heckles taking the knitting we all have to follow. And then Chandler's knit. Good woman, knit.
1: Yeah, good old uh, Heckles. It's nice to see him, isn't it? I think this is the it's first, first time dies.
2: Heckles complains about the noise in Friends. Not timeline wise because we know he complains about it in the flashback but the first time we see it as viewers you know
1: it's implied that it's a uh, regular occurrence isn't it yes
2: it is but I think this is the first iteration of it in in the the show I'm sure I'll be corrected if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure it is and that actually links me to my big thought Pete which isn't really a big thought come on guys (laughs) everybody pay attention would you like to do me a jingle um uh here comes Dave, and he's got a big thought. Okay. That's also in his pilot stage. But that's Well, fine. you're the one with the fucking keyboard. You can do your own. Uh, that's true, actually, yeah. Okay, we'll do one for next week, maybe. Um, but the precursor to the big thought is that Rachel takes down all the lighting cords. She completely unhooks the lighting cord before she falls off. If you actually watch closely, she takes the whole thing off. So there's nothing connected to the building anymore when she falls off. Oh, okay. So she's dead, right, basically.
1: So so Rachel's dead. Rachel is dead.
2: Yeah, this is my big thought to an alternate reality where Rachel dies in season one of films. Wow. But no, the big thought really linked to that. Whether or not the lighting cord is still attached to the building, Monica does not react enough. (laughs) <laughs> the fact that her best friend has fallen from the balcony. Potentially just died. Top yeah. floor Manhattan building. What the yeah, fuck is true. going on? She's basically just like, oh, Rachel, you know, like. What are you like? like so as if she just tripped over and grazed the knee. I'm like, yeah. when she falls off that building, I'm like, that is fucking implausible. And frankly, there has have to be some strong lighting wire to hold up a grown woman and well sp- thankfully
1: she's safe and
2: does a comedy dangle a sprained ankle that ankle is snapped in two my friend mm-hmm. like that that the impact of you landing with a dangle as it were oh that would be bad news anyway so there you go that's that was a sort of uh, that's just my overwhelming feelings about that that scene
1: how do you think your uh your big
2: thought went dave uh, i'm i'm uh, six out of ten okay Six out of ten. Not as good as last week's. Next week, I'll 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 try and have a, a really philosophical one, you know? Okay. Something to look forward to. Something to look forward to, Peter. Hey, do you want to ask me whether there's a quiz? Hey, Pete, can I ask you a question? Is there a quiz? Yep.
1: There is a quiz. Yeah. There is a quiz. Yeah. Thanks, Caitlin. The, it's, it's set up on some sort of quiz maker website which requires me to type in the answers so holy moly
2: this is high tech yeah go on then hit so me.
1: uh ready for question one always uh which three people does phoebe guess joey and chandler saw earlier oh my god the woman that I the hair. then in brackets this will probably say you got it wrong so just keep the score to yourself i think that's because i've got to type it in perfectly right Woman who cuts her hair. Woman,
2: like the one, the woman who cuts Phoebe's hair is the last one, right? Right. Then who are the other ones? Guess who we said it? Oh, Liam Neeson's one. Liam Neeson. And the second one in the middle, I think, is a word I've never, a, a name I've never heard in my life. I think, and I, I'm not going to get it even with a month of Sundays guessing.
1: Okay, let's see if I get this right. Uh oh. Uh Liam Neeson. Yes. Morley Safer. Morley Safer?
2: Who's that? Who is
1: who's Mor okay, oh, hang on, Morley Safer? Uh a Canadian American broadcaster.
2: Broadcast journalist, reporter, and correspondent for CBS News. Uh, okay. He was host of 60 Minutes, so oh, he's on 60 Minutes. And The Woman minutes.
1: Who Cuts Her Hair is a correct answer, by the way. Yes, I'll
2: take that. I'm happy uh, with that. I was never going to get Morley Safer. That's that an incredibly American reference that I reckon if I interviewed 100 people on the streets of Britain and asked them if they'd heard of Morley Safer, 100 would say no.
1: Um, Question two. Yes, please. What class does Chandler have after which he will catch Ross in gin? Uh, Earth Science. Earth. Science is correct. Yes. Uh, what is Nina's surname? Bookbinder. Oh, my God, I'm smashing this. Bookbinder is correct. Yes. Oh, this is... Oh, Caitlin, this is good. It's like the, the answers turn green if they're correct. Oh, can you this send is... me the link, please?
2: Not uh, for now, but for later. I just want to enjoy the production oh, values okay yeah. Kitten's put in
1: okay uh, what are the names of the couple having twins from the Lamar's class uh,
2: Michael and Michael. JC Michael
1: and JC yes that is correct well it says we got it wrong but we got that one right why is that got it wrong because I spelled it differently uh, yeah, what is the name of Phoebe's boyfriend who Ursula stole
2: Ooh! Oh no! I really want to get a full house, Pete. Apart from Morley Safer, it's a really American name, isn't it? Do we need both? Chad. Is, there, is there a surname? I think there's a surname. Oh, I think it's Randy something. It's like a or a Randy, like a proper American like name. We've never, never ever had here. It is. It is Randy. I don't know. A, is there a surname?
1: Randy's surname is Brown. Randy
2: Brown. Randy Brown. What a terrible name. That is a bad name. So has done Phoebe a favour there.
1: You've actually got a bonus question as well, Dave. Oh, my God. What is Chandler's work computer screensaver?
2: Oh, fucking hell. Isn't it some sort of game? Isn't it like Pac-Man or something?
1: Uh, Pac-Man? I don't know. I just remember. If you've got that right, that's ridiculously observant. Uh, it's fish swimming. Fish
2: swimming. So, I mean, you can see how I thought it was Pac-Man at a memory glance, you know? Mm. A sort of little Pac-Man swimming, fish, 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 fish.
1: Well, you didn't get it right. No, so uh,
2: thanks, Caitlin. Thanks, Caitlin. Great quiz, great production values. Big fan of that. Good bonus question. Good episode requests. Solid day's work from everyone involved, P, wouldn't you say?
1: But more work is required from you. Do you want to know why? Okay, go on. Because next week we don't have a quiz. Uh, So you have to get someone to do a quiz. What's the
2: episode? Would
1: you like to know the episode? Well, the request comes from Lucy. Yeah. And Lucy is requesting Season 2, Episode 21, The One
2: with the Bullies. Ooh, we haven't done that, have we not? All right, a quiz for The One with the Bullies. I'll do my best to not forget to do that. Good. Um, see you next week. All the best. Uh, Tally ho.